Garage Conversation with Char is back to start the sixth series. The podcast still endeavors to inform, engage, and inspire. So relax and enjoy. Well, I am happy to have back Jules again. If you've listened to the podcast, you know Jules has been a staple from the very beginning. Um, you can learn more about her in, in the podcast uh, series one through five, and she's back in series six. I don't know after this if I'll be able to keep her coming back because she's, she's making a change, and I'm really happy for her. And if I can say proud of her making making a change, you know, in her career, and I'm really excited for her. So um, this podcast is going to be a little bit unusual with Jules. I know we usually focus on health aspects, but I think, you know, um, because she made this change, I found that really interesting. And I know in other podcasts in the last year we, series, we talked about career transitions and people really enjoyed that podcast, has a lot of uh, people who listen to it. So I thought, you know, this would be a really good topic and we'll get into some health stuff too. Uh, but um, since, like I said, uh, Jules has been a staple with me, I just thought it would be good for the listeners, especially those who've come along for the ride so far to, to hear about this, this change with Jules. So, so Jules, um, welcome again. Thanks. It's <laughs> really fun to be in series six, which I can't believe this is your sixth season. That's awesome. And mm -hmm. I am very proud of you. You took this like, maybe I'll do this little project over COVID. And now it's like this big thing and you're on your, your sixth series, which is awesome. So congrats to you. Um, oh, but yeah, I'm super excited to be here. You can call me Dr. Jules if you want now. <laughs> Yeah, officially a doctor of physical therapy as of like three weeks ago. So we're super excited about that. Yeah, that's like truly amazing. And, you know, I give Jules all the props for doing this while working and studying and still being my, you know, the best trainer in the world with me and other people, although she's going to have to give that up a little bit, which is very understanding because she's going to be definitely doing her physical therapy thing. And um, as I, as she said, we can call her Dr. Jules now, which sounds really cool. <laughs> I, uh, I'm a fan of it. Not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And it was so cool. I didn't, wasn't able to go, but I saw the really cool pictures that she had on the full robe with that really funny hat and everything. So we it's get, really when you're official. a doctor, you get the <laughs> octagonal hat. So, you know, you've stepped it up a notch when you get the octagon. <laughs> Yes, true, true. Yep, yep. And all the regalia. So that's yeah. really cool. So, you know, um, I do, I think it would be good to start with, like, you know, what has inspired you to, to pivot like this? I mean, I have to say, I think you were doing pretty well. You were doing something you like, but, you know, you decided to make a serious pivot and to, to go back to, back to school at the time you did. We're not going to say your age. But you certainly aren't right out of high school. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's a serious decision to make because it's going to, you know, slow down things and and things like that. So I, I would love to have you share, like, what inspired you to make this pivot. Absolutely. Um, I think so. Going into my undergrad, I knew I wanted to do something with health and human movement. Um, I was a dancer forever, so I was just like super fascinated by human movement. 
Um, and I think, you know, doing my undergrad, I was super burnt out by my senior year. Mm-hmm. And I just, the thought of more school right away was so overwhelming to me. I was like, there, mm-hmm. there's no way I can get my, like a master's or a doctorate right now. Um, and I, I, at the same time, I also kind of fell in love with, uh, exercise and really could see myself as the health coach, personal trainer. Um, so I just kind of leaned into that and, but I, I never tossed the physical therapy thing out the mm-hmm. window because mm-hmm. when I, when I went to undergrad, I was like, Oh, maybe I'll do PT, but mm-hmm. you know, felt overwhelmed. So it was, it was always on the back burner. It was always something that I knew I would get to eventually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but really loved the personal training thing and, and mm-hmm. the health coaching thing. So, and I'll say my age, I'm almost 33, so <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Um, you know, making that decision to go back to school when I was 30 was a big jump for me, but I was getting to the point in my personal training career where I was, I had so many clients and I feel like I fell into this niche that I loved where the clients I was working with were, um, I'm not going to use the word old because I don't consider anybody old until you uh, (laughs) believe it in your heart that you're old. Um, But most, most of my clients were over the age of like 40 or 50. Mm -hmm. Right. And we know that as we age beautifully, injuries happen, right? We Mm -hmm. have a lot of pain sometimes. We don't move as well as we did when we were 12. Uh, And that's, that, that is pretty normal, but I had so many clients with this pain or that pain or this dysfunction or that dysfunction. Um, And as a personal trainer, you're, you're not really allowed to do anything about that, right? You mm-hmm. can work around it, but like right. legally, you don't have the credentials to be like, all right, well, you have shoulder pain. I'm going to treat your shoulder. That's not under our scope of practice. So I felt like I was, my clients and I were just hitting these roadblocks, like one mm-hmm. after another. It's like, oh, well, you know, you have shoulder pain or, or back pain, and that really limits us in what we can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we, we definitely got creative. Right. I just having to kept keep referring like I want you to go see your doctor I want you to go see your PT um and finally and you you know this person uh Mm. one of my amazing clients Kathy was finally just like she she is amazing I love her to death she can put her foot down and be stern with me and I'm like okay I I (laughs) will one day we were in the gym working out and she goes you just need to apply just go Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like okay it's time because I just yeah. kept talking about it um and I really felt that it, it's more of a career continuation for me yeah um I, I used to say oh it's a career change but I don't think it is I think it's just taking all the things that I've learned about the human body and human movement from undergrad to age 30 and just taking it a step further. Um, so that now I can treat injuries and pain and dysfunction. So yeah, that's kind of my journey, I guess. Um, there mm-hmm. were a lot of inspirations over mm-hmm. the course of these 
how long has been 10 ish years, 12 years yeah. or something like that. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how I ended up where I ended up. Now that's really cool. And thanks for sharing your age. Although that makes me feel like <laughs> you were a baby when we started training, <laughs> but, but anyway, um, and yep. also I can definitely relate to feeling burnt out because that's how I was uh, when I finished undergrad and it took me yeah. a couple of years and then I went back for my MBA and for me, it was like, okay. And I was just fortunate enough to be able to work for a company that basically paid for it. I had to pay for it up nice. front, but you know, you know, pay for it. So I can definitely appreciate that being burnt out and trying to decide like what you want to do and sort of thinking it through, but well, I'm really glad you you came back to it and being one of your clients that we inspired you to. <laughs> you did. Every client that I've ever had and shout out to all of my clients, like current and past, you guys rock. Like you guys inspire me so much. Like every time we work out together, I'm just like, oh, I love what I do. It's just really great. Yeah, speaking of which, that last workout really sorry, not out. sorry. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> was funny today, but anyway, sidetrack. <laughs> um, so you know, like I said, you know, making that choice, waiting, and also I think it's good for people to hear that you don't always have to make such a straight line. You know, some people do go from one degree to the other, or so it's okay to take a break and it's okay. You're never too old to come back to something that you thought about or to totally, you know, go to school. You know, we can always learn. Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my clinical instructors, um, she's so lovely, loved working with her. Mm-hmm. When I did my interview with her, we both kind of knew immediately, like this will totally work out between us. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of my clinical experience, she said, from from your interview, I knew that I wouldn't have to teach you any soft skills. Like, mm-hmm. you can talk to people. You make people feel comfortable. You know how to establish trust and rapport right off the bat. Um, you're, you're thinking ahead about, like, the social situation, the social side of things, um, the environmental mm-hmm. side of things, not just my patient has knee pain. Do I know it? Do I know how to assess a knee? Right. Yeah. Um, and that really worked well for us because I was doing more of like a specialty, mm-hmm. uh, with her. So, you know, I think not having a straightforward career path, if you will, not doing mm-hmm. high school, undergrad, grad mm-hmm. really helped me because I got to have an early career and I got to make a l- bunch of silly mistakes and be socially awkward and figure out how to talk to people and, figure mm-hmm. out how to establish trust with people um, in like a trainer patient relationship. So that was really helpful. And I'm so glad that I had those experiences because I mm-hmm. really think it's, it's given me a leg up, you know, in, mm-hmm. in terms of where I'm at now with physical therapy. So. Yeah, no, I think that's true. And, you know, I'm always saying how you're such a great trainer and you're not like, and I guess it depends on the personality. You may you may treat others different depending on their personality, but you know, she she makes me do stuff with kindness. <laughs> and then Darn I'm kindness. Like, oh, this is hard. And, <laughs> no, and then I have in my mind, get your butt down. Get, get your, your butt, butt down. down. <laughs> <laughs> it's always get planes. your butt down. <laughs> yeah, with planks, right? Yep. And all that kind of stuff. So anyway, so anyway, so I I I uh, confirm that. 
But anyway, you know, considering you had to make a choice, um, how did you decide on what school to go to for those people who might be thinking about physical therapy school and what options are out there? Totally. Um, For me, it was mostly a practical decision. Mm-hmm. Being an older student, not coming right from undergrad, I did. I knew that I wasn't going to move out of state, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm here. My family is here. I have an apartment. I'm mm-hmm. not up and, and, and moving across the country. So I was mostly looking in the Philadelphia area. And bonus points for Philly, we have some awesome PT schools here. Mm-hmm. So I was looking at Temple, Drexel, Jefferson, um, Arcadia. And then I, I actually applied to Baylor University, which is in Texas. Wow. Uh, because they have a hybrid program, which is becoming more popular with PT. So you mm-hmm. do all of your coursework online and over Zoom and whatnot. And then a few times a year, you fly to that location and you do all of your your hands-on training or labs and stuff. Um, I, I didn't think I would like the hybrid model. I think I mm. learn much better doing more frequent of like the physical stuff. So having yeah. labs more frequently and just being able to practice with other students more frequently. Um, and then Arcadia gave me the most money. They were the cheapest. <laughs> <laughs> Just like straightforward, practical, um, shortest yeah. commute, shortest commute. And they were in the long run the cheapest for me. So uh PT school is not cheap. Sadly, it's it's really it's like stupid expensive. Um mm-hmm. and it's so not it, one of those doctorate programs that you can get it all paid for, I guess. There's somewhere you no. can. Yeah. <laughs> Hardly. Um mm-hmm. So, yeah, if for any of you out there who are thinking of PT school, I would put the cost uh, on the top of your list in terms of choosing where to go. So. <laughs> Can't say I'm upset Baylor didn't work out, but okay, that's good. <laughs> well, I wouldn't move to Texas. Yeah, <laughs> I'd just fly there every once in a while. Yeah, then that would you would have to put that in your budget, too. I know, yeah. 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 Well, now that's good. And Arcadia is right around the neighborhood. Yep. That's where Shelby and Kristen graduated from too. So that's right. Good school. Yeah. yeah. Their yeah. PT program, this was also a bonus points for Arcadia. They were ranked, I think, 10th of oh, PT wow. school in the nation. So like they're mm-hmm. pretty well known for like a rigorous curriculum. Mm-hmm. So bonus points. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So one of the things I know we've talked about in the past is like, you know, motivating your mind and things like that. And when you have a lot going on, you know, make sure you prioritize sleep and giving yourself a break. So for you, like, how did you balance going to school and working? And, you know, you had a lot going on in your life. So, you know, what, what, what kind of, what would you, what, what were some key points you realized about yourself or you would tell others as if you're managing such a busy schedule like that? So my main priority was sleep because I know myself very well and I am so cranky if I get less than like six and a half hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I think going going into school, like so cranky, you don't want to be around me. Um, <laughs> going, going into school, I was like, I know that I want to get like a solid seven to eight hours of sleep a night um, so that I'm not miserable. 
uh, which I was a little bit miserable occasionally, which I'll get to, but <laughs> uh, in terms of energy, um, you know, that was kind of my main, when I was scheduling everything, I was like, all right, I got to make sure that I sleep. And for the most part I did, like, I don't, I did not pull any all-nighters. I'm too old for that nonsense. Um, <laughs> I think, I think the latest I ever stayed up studying was maybe midnight, if mm-hmm. that, um, but I I was pretty good at cutoff times and saying like, all right, it's 11. How much more am I going to learn in this last hour if I'm tired already? So definitely prioritized sleep. In terms of work, um, well, I had been working full time, as you know. Yeah. And I basically told my bosses like, hey, I'm going to school. Call me if you need me to sub at all. Um, mm-hmm. So I would I would sub occasionally, like over winter break and whatnot. Um, but yeah, basically, I was just working part time. I kept you and a handful of other clients, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you guys were so wonderful in working your mm-hmm. schedule around my school schedule and doing a lot mm-hmm. of weekends with me. So yeah, I worked Saturday mornings mostly and and some weeknights. But honestly, I think the most that I worked was probably max like eight hours a week Mm -hmm. and oftentimes it wasn't even that much Mm -hmm. um i gotta give a shout out to my lovely and amazing and wonderful fiance stefan who Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) we started dating right before i went to school Mm -hmm. and he just really carried me through honestly Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. i think that if if we hadn't been dating i probably would have worked a lot more but um he is the most important person in my life. So I wanted to dedicate a lot of time to him too. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was really, really gracious and just like helping my helping me out in terms of like <laughs> being able to live. So. Yeah. So it's important to have a support system, especially if you decide to like yeah. go back to school like that. Absolutely. <laughs> support systems are <laughs> the only way I would have survived. So yeah. Um, yeah, no, it was, it did feel like a lot to juggle. And I will say that Arcadia's program is an accelerated program. So Mm -hmm. meaning most PT schools are three years long. Arcadia's Mm -hmm. is just over two years because they cram Mm -hmm. it all in. Uh, we don't have like a summer break or anything. So you just kind of go right through the summers. You cram three years into two, which I liked, um, Mm -hmm. I don't know if I would have lasted another year. (laughs) Two years still felt like a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. So that kind of cut down. And you're in school like eight to five every day, basically. Um, So it's more than a full-time job. Um, So there's not a whole lot of time for (laughs) for other things. Yeah, I was I was known in my class as the girl who went to the gym at, on her lunch break because <laughs> I I probably can count on one hand like the number of times I actually sat down and ate lunch with my friends because yeah. I was just like guys I got to get my workout in because I'm not gonna have time tonight I got this test to study for mm-hmm. I have a client so yeah. um, that's kind of how I I don't know if you would call it balance but we got it done and. There were moments that I felt balanced, but it was a lot. It was, it was a lot of time devoted. Yeah. And I think, you know, that, that sort of fits in with your philosophy. I know you, you just do what you can, you know, and you know yourself, right. And it won't be a hundred percent, but 
Every little bit counts, as you always say. Exactly. (laughs) And and there are seasons of life, right? Like I knew Mm -hmm. that this is two years of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, The rest of my life isn't going to look this busy. And you just kind of sometimes got to hunker down, put your head down, power through. And exactly, if I can only get in a 30-minute workout today at lunch, then I got in a 30-minute workout. That's great. It's better than mm-hmm. no workout because mm-hmm. now I feel energized and really good. So, right, yeah, yeah. That, no, that's great. And and I think um, you were sort of as we were talking, saying some a few things I detected. But you know, why do you think? Or you can you can expound on it because you did give some examples. I should say of it was important to take a break before continuing your education. And then what did you learn about yourself via this experience? Yeah, totally. Um, For me, being a super type A person with high Mm -hmm. anxiety, like clinical anxiety, not afraid to say that, it's Mm -hmm. common. Um, I I was just so overwhelmed by my senior year of college. I double majored. I, you know, graduated top of my class. I had to get the A, like... And Mm -hmm. I think taking that time off and recognizing like I need to breathe was so beneficial for my mental health. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, like I mentioned before, like I'm so glad I did it career wise as well Mm -hmm. uh, because I learned so many soft skills and, and, and hard skills as well. But um, just like mental health wise, I needed to breathe. I needed to um, not have a script for my life. I needed Mm. to uh, do something for myself that wasn't like, hey, school, look, I got an A. I wasn't working for school. I wasn't trying to please a professor. I wasn't trying to, you know, be top of my class or anything. I I just got to live life and enjoy experiences. Um, And right after I graduated, I moved to Austin, Texas for a couple of years uh, just kind of on a whim. I had like a couple friends down there. And I I think what I learned most about that experience uh, was just like different world perspectives, different mm-hmm. life perspectives. You know, I, I grew up in Philly suburb, lived in Philly my whole life, went to school in another Philly suburb. Like, I feel like I had a lot of the same growing up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And moving to a completely different state, which I don't know if you have ever been to Austin, Texas, but it's like a different country. I loved it. Um, yeah, I've been to Houston, so, but not Austin. Okay. Um, yeah. it, was, it was so different. Just I met so many interesting people. I talked to so many different people with different life experiences because um, I, you know, I feel like growing up, it was like, I know a lot of Irish Catholics and Italian Catholics and some protestants and then i moved mm-hmm. to austin and it's like i had friends from all over the world and, yeah. and friends from every part of the country and a million different accents and it was just the coolest thing and i really feel like it opened my eyes to how people interact um i, I just it was so invaluable you know i i wouldn't trade that for anything Mm-hmm. So I learned, I also learned how to rest a little bit, although my fiance might tell you otherwise. <laughs> I had a couple of weeks off where I'm not, I'm not starting my new job yet. 
just like wandering around the house looking for things to do. He's like, yeah. you're not good at That's why you look cooking a no. hundred things for Thanksgiving. Exactly. I'm, I'm exaggerating, exactly. but <laughs> <laughs> not wrong. <laughs> um, but I've definitely learned to, I guess, release some of some of the I have tos and I should statements from my life. So as somebody with clinical anxiety, um, I kind of was so used to living my life saying, well, I should be doing this or I should be doing that or I I have to fill in the blank. And it was never enough because if you mm. start thinking that way, there's always going to be more have tos. There's always going right. to be more shoulds. Like, oh, I did a workout, but I really should do upper body because I did lower body twice this week and I, I should get in another upper body day. Well, mm. do you want to? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So over the past couple of years, and this is probably a little more recent, um, I, I've learned to just kind of let go of some of the shoulds and have tos in my life. Mm. And, you know, am I enjoying this? Like, what mm-hmm. is this? What is this for? If I'm not enjoying it or benefiting from it in some way, then why am I doing it at all? Like, mm-hmm. I en- I love exercising, obviously. Um, but, but I would, I would almost exercise to the point where it was more of a have to, like, I have to exercise because this is who I am. You know, it was Mm. almost a punishment. Mm. Whereas I have learned that nobody's making me exercise. Do I enjoy it? If I'm not enjoying it, then find something else you enjoy. Right. So I started rock Mm. climbing and it's been so much fun. (laughs) Um, so it's given me a lot of leeway to get creative with things in my life and just enjoy new experiences. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of beaten the fear out of me of, mm-hmm. of being prescriptive for my life, yeah. if you will. Yeah. Yeah. No, I really appreciate you being really transparent about that. And from what you shared, it sounds like, you know, if you would have went straight from undergrad, that probably wouldn't have been a good idea. You know, no, um, I would have been an anxious mess. Yeah, <laughs> angry, angry, and anxious. Yeah. So, and that's cool. And and I, I with you, I one of the things I love about being in the field I'm in is I get to meet so many people of so many different cult- cultures, and I just love that from all over the world. And and just um, you know, I think the world is full of so many different types of people, beautiful people. And yeah. when you get to experience um, different cultures, you find, oh, there's some things that we really have a like, or there's some things that are really different. And it's just yeah. so cool learning about it. And most people, you know, you just start chatting and it's like, oh yeah, we do this or we do that. And, you know, so I love that too. Um, and I, I admit, you know, being growing up in the Philadelphia area as well, in the suburbs, it can be a little bit of the same, you know, but you know, I think um, as the world is more, is smaller, I think more, you, you, you do have the opportunity even in this area to meet more different kinds of people. Just because I definitely of- feel like now compared to when I was growing up in the nineties, way back when um, <laughs> it's definitely so easier. So old. Um, I feel like it's definitely easier to meet people from, you know, different perspectives. Um mm-hmm. And you don't always have control over that when you're eight. <laughs> anyway, yeah. so, right. um, but yeah, I definitely think things are like a little more integrated now. And 
yeah, we're getting there. So what do you, you know, just because it's, it's new to me, you know, what are the educational requirements that you, you had to do? And you went, you talked a little bit about this because you said most programs are like three years, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, Arcadia is able to do this sort of accelerated program, but it's really intense. Cause I remember I'm like, you're only off the school a week or whatever. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, can you talk a little bit about like the general courses you had to take and how they all meld together? And I guess your, is it called a practicum or your um, clinical clinical? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, to get into PT school, you have to have, I think like any bachelor's degree, um, but Mm -hmm. you have to have certain prereqs, like Mm. (laughs) because I went to school so late, um, I had to go back to community college and get like Mm. my basic physics and chemistry. What else Mm. did I take? I think I took like a statistics course or something like just to Mm. qualify for PT school. Um, and then for the doctorate, you uh, will have, and, and Arcadia's curriculum is a little bit different than most PT schools, but you'll have anatomy lab, which is typically a cadaver lab, uh, which is super cool, by the way. Oh, wow. it's not squeamish, yeah. but it was awesome. Um, yeah. You'll have, so hands-on anatomy, theoretical anatomy. Um, you'll have neurobiology, some sort of neuro-based mm-hmm. classes, some some like motor learning classes, motor control uh, cardiovascular physiology, like cardiopulmonary stuff, um, spinal cord injury. So basically anything that has to do with human movement is what you're going to get a class in. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite classes, which is hilarious, uh, cause neuro mm-hmm. was never my strong suit, but one of my favorite, favorite classes was our spinal cord injury unit, which I mm. have no plans of ever working in neuro and especially like severe neuro. Uh, but it was so fascinating to like learn about how the body kind of compensates for itself. And there's there's all these redundancies built into the body and the nervous system. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really awesome. You learn how to use and put together wheelchairs and crutches. And oh, wow orthotics and orthoses you learn about amputations um you learn about every single joint in the body over and over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. um yeah and then so that's like kind of the bulk of schools like your classwork and your labs and ours was kind of intermingled so like in the morning we'd have a neuro class and then in the afternoon you would have a neuro lab where it kind of oh, integrates cool. what you learned in the morning. Yeah, I really loved how they set up their curriculum. It was great. And then you also do like hands-on face-to-face things. So I loved Arcadia's program because year one, they get you in front of patients right away. Um, you do like a very part-time clinical rotation at a couple different sites. Um, so where was I? I was at my first one. You do like one afternoon once a week mm-hmm. or every other week, I was at an outpatient orthopedics clinic, which was awesome. So I kind of mm-hmm. just got like my basics down. And then for my second one, I was at an inpatient rehab center. So mm. when someone 
I guess, graduates from the hospital, sometimes they're not yet well enough to go mm-hmm. home, but they're not so severe that they would need to go to like a nursing home or something. So they would go to an inpatient rehab hospital and typically they'll get like usually around like three hours of therapy a day, which is a lot. So yeah. I got to see that setting, which was awesome. Um, and then towards the end of your program, you'll do your full-time clinicals, which we we always joke and say you just work for free. Um, <laughs> basically, it's just like you're a PT and you're you're there, you're doing it, you have your own patients, you slowly accumulate your own caseload. Um, and then by the end, so I finished up my full-time clinicals this September. By the end, I was treating every single patient that walked through the door. Um, yeah, so you, it's, it's a good mix of learning from the textbook and being in front of patients and applying that. So, so I didn't hear you talk about, I know when I was thinking about medical school, you had to take the MCAT to get in. Is there like a, a certain, uh, test you had to take beyond those additional school uh, courses because of the link between your undergrad to get in? We had to take the GRE. Okay. The graduate record. That's like the general graduate record exam then. Yeah. 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 So I don't, we didn't have like a specific one for PT. It was just the general one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and you do and you did have to take a test after all your coursework. You want to talk Ooh, a little bit about that? Boy, did we. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, the board's exam. It's called the NPTE and it's like the bane of every PT student's existence. Basically, it's like <laughs> they test you on everything you've learned over the past 2 years. Mm-hmm. And it's this huge exam and they're really intense at the testing center and they like Metal detect you every time you have to take a bathroom break. Wow! <laughs> yeah, they they like fingerprint you and everything. It's it's super intense. Um, art. I loved that Arcadia gave us. So we finished our our clinicals in September. The board's exam was offered at the very last week of October. Um, mm-hmm. So we had basically six weeks to just study, study, study. So that's what I did for six weeks was study my butt off, um, and. I passed on the first try. Thank goodness. Yay. Um, yeah, but it's it's a five-hour exam. It's no joke. It's a lot of information. So yeah. So then you take your boards. Hopefully you pass the first time and then you graduate and you get to wear a cool hat and have a really happy day. It was a great day. <laughs> so does, um, you you know, you mentioned how you really like the program, Arcade. Do, do they have a high percentage of students who pass the boards the first time or what is the, do you, I, think I mean, this so. is a weird question. What's the national average? I could probably look that up <laughs> of people <laughs> that pass, but it reminds me of the LSATs or like, yeah, be a lawyer. Like there's just like that last thing you have to do, you know, to get, get yeah. Like get the bar certified. exam or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Basically yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. you have to, you have to pass the boards in order to get your license. Yeah. Um, so yeah. What was your question? <laughs> no, it was just about, you know, um, how, what did the percentage of people do it pass? I'm that first sure. Time? I think when I looked, when I was first looking at schools, I think Arcadia was somewhere in like the mid nineties, like people oh, who good. passed on the first try. So that was really encouraging, but I, I want to say most of the Philly schools had a pretty high pass rate though. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, I didn't, it didn't like weigh too heavily. 
No, you're, yeah, I was choosing. Yeah. Through. Yeah. So do you have to keep like your certification up, like take so many classes or do so many things? Yeah, so you have often? to take a certain amount of hours of continuing education, which I'm really excited about because there are so many cool classes that I want to take. But yeah, you have to like submit them to the to the board and everything. And it's interesting, you know, we talked about like how you learned a lot working with training people and things that like that, that helped you with your um, interaction with patients. Do they give you any training on interacting with patients? <laughs> I'm just curious because <laughs> I'm glad you have that ability, but I'm thinking like, I, although I've had some personal training at least twice and the last time the person I had, he was really good. I thought he'd answer my questions and was really good. I'm probably like annoying the trainers because I ask a lot of questions. Ah, no, I love. Are you kidding me? You know I'm a nerd. I love when people ask yeah. questions. Right, 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 right. Um, okay, so not explicitly, but okay. we did talk a lot about we call it like the therapeutic alliance. So establishing trust between mm-hmm. the patient and the therapist. Um, and we we talked a ton about active listening. Um, and incorporating, like, what is important to the patient, that's what we need to work on in PT. Because um, if you're working on stuff they don't care about, they're not they're not going to be invested. They're not going to be involved in, in their care at all. So there was a lot of emphasis on that in terms of, like, refining it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's, like, a practice thing. I, a lot of our professors were, like, oh, you're gonna you're definitely gonna get that in your clinicals which I think that's what I was thinking like I guess you do observe that in clinicals and as you start to you find out what style works for you you know Mm -hmm. because I'm just thinking if you had a particularly whiny patient and stuff like that you have to figure out how to get them to (laughs) yes I've had a few of those Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're, you're good at that though, but if you're not, then that could be problematic. <laughs> and you, you just, you have to try and understand the patient's perspective um, because yeah. it's their life, it's their care, it's their pain. Mm-hmm. So there's no sense in just trying to tell somebody what they should be doing mm-hmm. if they don't know why it's important. So, you know, we talked a lot about getting on the patient's level, understanding what's important to them, but then but then tying back what you're trying to do to help them with what's important to them. So, mm-hmm. you know, if somebody is an avid skier and they have a knee injury and you're trying to just do like basic straighten your leg, bend your leg, straighten your leg, bend your leg, like that might be so incredibly boring for a high-level athlete. That they mm-hmm. might not care about that. They're like why do I need to do this? This is simple. I'm I'm better than this. So you need to be able to, you know, alter your treatment plan to fit what they want and what they care about. So yeah, it reminds me of that why thing you tell us to do. Like, why are we doing yes. this? So you can ski. I'm thinking of this person, you know. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You're a theoretical person. Yeah. Yeah. So that's great. So when you know, we touched on this a little bit too, but I still think it's good to like to sort of package it together. So, you know, uh, oh no, I have another question before that. What do you want to focus on? Because there's mul- multiple areas you could focus on uh, totally. for for physical therapy. 
I am a tried and true orthopedics girl. I <laughs> I love joints. They're just great. <laughs> I love muscles and joints. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I I I think orthopedics is where my mm-hmm. home is. I yeah. do. So my my last clinical was half orthopedics, which I'm sorry if orthopedics just means like your your basic like bones and muscles and joints. Okay. Stuff. Good because um, I remember a time when I had no idea what that meant, and I just kind of smiled and nodded and <laughs> didn't know what anyone was talking about. But that's that's kind of what most people think of when they hear PT yeah, is yeah. like your your basic outpatient orthopedic. Like you go there, you do some exercises, you come home. Um, so my my final clinical was half ortho and half pelvic floor, which was fascinating. Um, Mm -hmm. And I definitely think I'll be incorporating that into kind of my career plan, if you will. It's just Mm -hmm. such a huge need right now. And I feel like every pelvic floor therapist that I talk to has like a six-month wait list. It's insane. So it's, it's a huge need. People are realizing more and more just how important it is for any gender. Um. And what I found fascinating was that we basically all have the same muscles down there. So, okay, <laughs> like you would think otherwise, but we have the same muscles. They're they're just like structured slightly differently. It's slightly so different cool. between yeah. men and women, but they but yeah. men and women do need to yeah be mindful of their pelvic area. Yes, yeah. Um, so I love that that's becoming more of a mainstream thing, um, mm. and definitely something that I'm going to be incorporating. So. Nice. Nice. So then I can get to my other question was, you know, what would you suggest to someone who wants to make the change in their career? Or as you said, it was something you've always had in the back of your mind and you sort of got pushed to go for it. But, you know, what kind of things do you think people should should keep in mind? So I find myself fighting with myself about these types of <laughs> questions a lot because right. on the one hand I'm I can be very practical sometimes overly practical it gives mm-hmm. people a headache <laughs> so, <laughs> so part of this was such a practical decision like all right fitness really doesn't make a whole lot of money unless you're like one of those huge like million follower instagram people or like mm-hmm. own your own gym or something um and I was like, you know what? This career probably isn't super sustainable for me because I was working my butt off. I was working horrible hours. Um, mm-hmm. lo- loved it. Like, wouldn't do it if I didn't love it. But, you know, couldn't really save for retirement a whole lot. And mm-hmm. I, I knew that PT is a super stable career. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to have a higher salary. I'll be able to have, like, a more solid future. So that was kind of the practical end of things, which... I don't think anybody should discount, right? Right. So if, yeah. you're, if you're like, hey, Part of I, it, sure. I make millions of dollars working on Wall Street, but I really think my passion lies in painting teacups. Like, make sure that painting teacups is going to be sustainable and that, you know, you'll be able to put food on your plate. Um, and, and maybe you drop down to part-time on Wall Street so you can do part-time teacup painting. I'm being facetious, but you know what I mean. Like you, yeah. Or maybe you made enough think things money through. on Wall Street, right. Wall Street, that you can do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, 
definitely there's the practical side of things. Um, but part of it is is asking yourself, like, what what is it that I want to do? What is it that I want to accomplish? What kind of change do I want to make in the world? And for me, it was just helping people in pain not be in pain anymore. Um, helping people live healthier lives, which again, just continuing what I had already started with my career um, and taking it a step further. So mm-hmm. PT school fit right into that. Were there other avenues that I could have done that? Absolutely. Like I could have stuck with personal training and just pursued yeah. different types of certifications. I could have yeah. gone to PA school. I could have even gone to med school. Like, you know, there's a yeah. lot of options. I could have scrapped it all and done finance. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if finance helps people get out of pain, but I <laughs> 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 never know. Um, so, so like I knew what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. I knew what kind of change I wanted to help make. And PT school was my road to getting there. Yeah. And it does seem like a really good combination of the things you like and, you know, still staying in that movement area. Yeah, totally. And as you said, it has a practical side to it too, which like you said, can't be, can't be overlooked. (laughs) Yeah. Unfortunately, I would love to sit around and paint teacups, but you know, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) maybe make jewelry, not paint teacups. There you go. There you go. Creative in that way. (laughs) But, um, so that is important. So now, you know, but you know, you, you, you do have like this sort of core group of people you train and you, you sort of feel like you're going to have to probably give that up at some point. Was that a hard decision to make? I, yes, it was. Um, because I mean, how long have we been working together? Like six or seven years Since now, like, like a baby. <laughs> yeah, basically <laughs> we go way back. So yeah, I definitely have like a couple people where, you know, we've been working together for years. We know each other so well. We work together really well. And I feel like it's such a strong friendship. And yeah, to make that decision of, well, I'm not going to see you every single week anymore. Like that's yeah. hard. Yeah. That is really hard. I'm like, are you going to be okay without me? Because I'm not going to be okay without you. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, we'll stay connected. I have all these printed workouts from Jules and now I have some online too. So I'm going to like, hey, what should I do to this? Increase the weight yeah. do more and I reps think, or whatever. <laughs> and I, I think in a sense because I got so close to you guys, mm. it it makes it a little bit easier to step away because I know yeah. I can just text you to say hi whenever I want. And right. oh, we live like 10 minutes away, so I can swing right. over. But, right. you know, like, like Kathy, she just like called me out of the blue the other day and we were just like chatting and that can yeah. still happen. Yeah. So I think that definitely softens the blow a little bit, probably on both ends. Yeah. Um, and and for all of you guys, like I, I think I've told all of you this already, but you can reach out anytime you need assistance or help or anything. Like, hey, what how many squats should I do? Like, yeah. I'm not gonna say get out of here. <laughs> yeah. so. How do you do this exercise? Which is yeah. one tools game that I totally fouled up by. And, and she did a video for me and I didn't watch it. So see uh, like, <laughs> like sure, we took a video. <laughs> oh, that was funny but anyway no yeah, yeah no that's great to be able to have that resource and yeah and then um 
minutes. That's really good. So I just thought since we were, you know, um, wrapping things up and, you know, doesn't mean that you won't come back to the podcast. Who knows if I get to series seven, but, or maybe take a break and come back at eight. I'm sure we'll find up some, found something. Hey, Cause I always, me. always tell my, my, my guests that, you know, I'll, I'm sure I'll come up with something else. Yep. But with you having, you know, been through the whole series, like, um, you know, we did, we started off with just small change to better health. And then we talked something about diets and exercise and joint health and, and motivate your mind. Um, I just thought it might be good to, you know, is there some like little health jewels that you'd like to remind us, remind us in as we're wrapping up this podcast about your change? Totally. Totally, totally. Um, because again, career continuation, I'm still right. a huge proponent of overall healthy lift, healthy living. And mm-hmm. I feel like people get nervous by the word holistic now because the yeah. essential oils people hijacked it. But um, <laughs> really, I look at health and wellness holistically in, in that you have to be well physically in different areas of your physical health but also mentally, emotionally, mm-hmm. spiritually, like it, it all ties into each other. So yeah, um, small changes to better health. I, we kind of talked about this earlier. Something is better than nothing, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I knew this week was a holiday week. Probably wasn't going to get every single workout that I wanted to get in this week. My gym is closed a couple days, mm-hmm. but, you know, make it, making a million types of food. Um, <laughs> walking, you know, like mm-hmm. good good old fashioned walking is what I'm leaning on this week. And it just feels good to move your body a little bit, right? Yeah. We don't always mm-hmm. need to be crushing it at the gym with millions <laughs> of pounds of, of weight. It's good to keep your body a rest sometimes. And what better week than to choose a holiday week and do that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But even if you are working towards a big health goal. Like say, say you're starting a weight loss journey and you have a ways to go one pound at a time. You got to break it down. You can't just jump in all at once. I'm going to lose 80 pounds overnight. It doesn't work that way, right? right. You got to take one, one step after the other. And that sounds so corny <laughs> saying it out loud, but it really, it just is the small changes that add up over time to make big change. So. Mm-hmm. Something's better than nothing. Um, eat a healthy diet. <laughs> you don't have to go on any crazy extreme diet. You don't have to do keto diet to lose weight. You you don't have to just drink juice smoothies. If you mm-hmm. generally healthy diet, get some veggies, get some lean protein. Uh, try not to eat simple carbs. Try not to eat a whole lot of sugar. Drink water. Mm-hmm. Don't drink your calories, right? So mm-hmm. the the more generally healthy you you eat, the healthier you will feel. Yeah. Anything extreme I tend to shy away from. So, right. Because it's unsustainable, right? Right. You can't, you're not gonna feel good on the keto diet forever. I mean, there's a few few exceptions for that, but you're not gonna feel good on a juice cleanse diet forever. You're probably <laughs> garbage. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, exercise, do it. (laughs) (laughs) Just do it. Just do it. Just right. Nike just says it so simply, but Mm -hmm. I I forget who I heard this from recently, but they said, 
the best form of exercise that you can do is the one that you're going to do. So if you hate running, don't, don't try and run for exercise. (laughs) You're not going to do it. Mm -hmm. If you hate swimming, don't sign up for a pool membership. (laughs) (laughs) Find something, find something movement related that brings you joy. If Mm -hmm. that's ballroom dancing, if that's Uh, rock climbing, if that is simply walking through your neighborhood in the mornings with your friend, like mm -hmm. find a movement that brings you joy, that makes you feel good and do it Mm -hmm. because that's what you're going to stick with for life. Right. 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 No, that's so true. I guess so. You should also like try to mix it up too. I mean, there's definitely benefit in mixing it up for sure. But don't make yourself miserable. Yeah. <laughs> life, life's too short for that. <laughs> That's true. That's true. There's other things in life that can make you miserable than trying to mix up yeah. all your exercises. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, joint health. We, I feel like we got into the weeds of like what joints need to be healthy. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest things that people don't realize is that you need to load your joints through a full range of motion. So like mm. people with knee pain, and I'm just going to use this as an example, tend to limit their range of motion because it kind of hurts, right? Mm. Um, and so they'll kind of take the stairs sideways. They'll choose higher seats. They won't sit on like a low surface because you have to bend your knees a lot, right? Um, but in order to have a healthy joint, you need to get full range of motion. And one of my favorite uh, studies, here we go, nerding out, was um, <laughs> a, a study that looked at recreational runners. So people who, you know, casually ran a couple days a week, nothing crazy. They weren't like marathoners or, or anything. And people who just kind of walked regularly. Mm-hmm. And the the runner group actually had healthier knees than the walking group. And when you think mm-hmm. about it, when you run, you load your joints more right? Mm-hmm. Cause there's that higher impact and your knee goes through a much greater range of motion than just walking. So mm. you're kind of getting that double whammy joint health. And I don't know why people used to think this, but they were, Oh, running so bad for your knees. It's so bad for your knees. Running's great for your knees mm. in the proper dosage, right? So right, right. use your joints, move through full range of motion. Lotion. What did you say? Motion is motion. Motion is lotion. Okay. Now I know why you make me do the squat squat, Uh weights. Okay. Uh Exactly. Clicking. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then motivate your mind. Man. Well, I talked for eight weeks straight about that, but (laughs) (laughs) with my class, but I think, and you you mentioned this earlier. What's your why? You know, mm-hmm. why if you're if you have a goal, right? If I want to get through PT school, not not gonna lie, PT school kind of sucked sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it was hard. It was not easy. And some things you just kind of roll your eyes at and you're like, why seriously? Like, why am I even doing this? Mm-hmm. You gotta keep your purpose at the yeah. forefront of your mind. Why am I doing this? Why am I going after this? And that is really going to help you accomplish the things that you want to accomplish. Because if you don't really want it, 
it's probably just going to kind of fall off to mm-hmm. the wayside, right? right? Like if, if and I use this all the time with my clients, if we have, I'll use the weight loss goal. Like if we have weight, weight loss goal, but my client is like, mm, I mean, it's really only like 20 pounds that I have to lose. And I really like the way I look right now. I feel great. Um, I love my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. They're not going to want to lose the 20 pounds because it's not important yeah. to them, right? Right. Um, if instead somebody, you know, is trying to run a marathon, mm-hmm. right? That's, that's a huge goal and it's a really hard yeah. goal. Yeah. All right. Well, why do you want to run the marathon? Here we go. Our five layers of why exercise. Why do you want to run the marathon? I want to run the marathon because it's something I've never done before. Why is mm-hmm. it why is it important to you that you do something you've never done before? I feel like I haven't challenged myself. Okay. Mm-hmm. Why is it important that you challenge yourself? Um and you know, fill in the blanks. I used to feel uh like I was you know, really important in my job and and challenge myself constantly and I just feel like I'm kind of fading into the background and mm-hmm. you know, any number of reasons, but yeah. Typically, people who have big goals don't just do them willy-nilly just because, right? Yeah. Even, yeah. even if it's something like, and I this is this is a big one for for clients is I want to feel healthy. I want to age gracefully. I want to feel healthy as as I age. I want to be able to mm-hmm. enjoy my retirement. I want to be able to play with my grandkids on the floor and get up. You know, like yeah. all these things we wanted to do while we're while we're aging gracefully and that really propels people sometimes. So motivation is not a feeling. It's going to wane as the day goes. It's going to wane as the mm-hmm. weeks go, but keep your purpose in the forefront of your mind. Yeah. Love it. Love it. And, you know, you can go back, you know, that's the great thing about having the podcast that if, you know, some of those yeah. things sparked your thoughts, and you didn't listen to it before, you want to re-listen to it, all of them you can find on uh, Garage Conversations with Char, either on the website or um, if you go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. And I have to say, you know, there's some of Jules' podcasts that are still in my top 10. So check it, check, check them out. So this has been like, you know, really cool. I just loved hearing about your journey and also going a little bit back down memory lane. Um, So I just wanted to, you know, give you a few minutes for any final thoughts you want to say as we're wrapping this up. No, this is, uh, this has been so cool to do this project with you, Char, and I'm so proud of you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like for a hobby, this is pretty legit. Like I'm so impressed with, with, how you've put all of these podcasts together and in these series. Um, it's just been really fun to be here as a guest and like to listen to your other episodes and kind of like we were saying earlier, like I feel like you've done such a great job at exploring different people's perspectives and different types of people. And mm-hmm. um, I guess if I could encourage the audience to do one thing, like let's, let's put exercise aside. Let's put Mm -hmm. motivation aside, like be curious, ask questions, like get enjoyment out of life, learn things, like find something you are so fired up about that. You just like have to learn more about it, whether that's Mm -hmm. 
people, even if that's formally, whether you like take classes or you just, you know, you want to, you really want to learn how to ballroom dance, like go for it. Life is so short. Just, just learn and meet people and, and get different perspectives. Um, honestly, like being in PT, I know it's kind of like a weird jump from like perspective to PT, but (laughs) I mean, there, there are so many different types of patients that I worked with over the past couple of years. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's fascinating. I feel like every single patient I've learned something from, you know, Mm -hmm. whether that's, you know, I worked up in Allentown for a couple of months. I didn't know anything about Allentown, but I sure know where the best Pete's place is. (laughs) (laughs) So, and, and, you know, people who've been through disease their whole life, Mm -hmm. you know, you get those perspectives. And so it's just, it's important to, to talk to people, especially this day and age where it seems like everyone's angry at each other. Yeah. for whatever they want to be angry about <laughs> like yeah when you start talking to people who are different from you it totally softens your heart it it makes you so much more understanding of why people do what they do and it makes you less of a butthead i guess <laughs> 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 to put it nicely like <laughs> yeah like it really helps you understand motivations and perspectives and and the world i guess so yeah i love that (laughs) (laughs) don't be a butthead (laughs) right right that's that's like fair no and i love that i think that's great that's one of the reasons why i you know shelby says this podcast is just about what you want to talk about but i really do hope to as the three pillars engage inform and inspire and if i get people to hear something that they didn't hear before or get a perspective that they didn't have before, then it's, it's all worth it, worth it to me. I'm not in it for like a big audience or whatever. I'm happy that people are listening to it. And, yeah. um, and so that's why I you know, always say, Hey, my, my friends and colleagues come on and they do it out of their kindness of their heart and, and, you know, indulging my podcasting hobby, but it's, it's really good. And that's why I like doing it. And I learned even, even in these conversations, I got to learn a little bit more about you too. So it's great. Yeah. No, I think you nailed it. I definitely have learned new things from your podcasts. So (laughs) you you totally nailed it. (laughs) Yeah. So it's fun. And I, I do, I really appreciate that encouragement because, um, after the fifth series, I was like, it took me a while to get started again. And I was like, I don't know, should I do this? And People encouraged me or said, oh, when you're going to come out with something? And I was like, and then then these um, ideas come to mind. It's like, how many different things in the world can I talk about? And every time when I think I've hit this wall, some other things come up. And um, yeah. so, so it's like, okay, I guess I'll keep doing it. <laughs> it's, a cool, it's a cool hobby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to have something. So, yes. Yeah. All right, then. Awesome. Well, thanks again, again, Jules. And I'm not going to say this is the end until next nope. time. <laughs> there we go. I like that better. Thank you for listening to Garage Conversation with Shar. I know that there are many listening options today, so truly appreciate you making this podcast your choice. Until next time, peace and blessings.